Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is My Musings on This Past Decade. We're closing out a decade just in a few days from when I'm recording this. It's going to be January 1st, 2020. Hey, here's a word for you. You are going to have 2020 vision in the spirit in 2020. And I also believe that chapter 20, verse 20 is are going to have a, uh, an interesting thing in some of our lives as far as speaking to us. So I want to just muse. I want to just kind of ramble a little bit here, ramble about everything, about what I saw good in the past decade, concerns I had, uh, where I think we're going. You know, you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. But uh, let me just start with this. You're, you're going to like this right now. I was reading an article of, from a guy named Matt Ridley, and it said this. We've just had the best decade in human history, seriously. And the subtitle is, Little of This Made the News, because good news is no news. Let me read the first couple paragraphs of this. He said, let nobody tell you that the second decade of the 21st century has been a bad time. We are living through the greatest improvements in human living standards in history. Extreme poverty has fallen below 10% of the world's population for the first time. It was 60% when I was born. Global inequality has been plunging as Africa and Asia experience faster economic growth than Europe and North America. Child mortality has fallen to record low levels. Famine virtually went extinct. Malaria, polio, and heart disease are all in decline. Little of this made the news, because good news is no news. But I've been watching it all closely. Ever since I wrote The Rational Optimist in 2010, I've been faced with what about questions. What about the Great Recession, the Euro crisis, Syria, Ukraine, Donald Trump? How can I possibly say that things are getting better given all that? The answer is because bad things happen while the world still gets better. Let me read that again. The answer is because bad things happen while the world still gets better. Yet get better it does. And it has done so over the course of this decade at a rate that has astonished even starry-eyed me. I like that. You know, and I think that's amusing because we really need to get a bigger perspective. You know, 200 years ago, you, the world was in, had much greater problems than it has right now. And we, but we wouldn't know about it because the media, if you wanted to know what was happening in another continent, you, you maybe have to wait months to hear. And yet right now, we know in an instant. And so all the news that bombards us and the news that, that is, is most seemingly appealing is, is negative news, is controversial news. And so let's start off, you know, I want to just say, as we muse over this past decade, I want to say it's been a great decade. It's been a decade of advancement. Yes, has there been problems? I mean, has there been problems? Yes, there has, but let's not lose sight of the big picture. And you know, a, a couple other encouraging things I want to mention too, just right here in the beginning, I've tra I traveled extensively this whole decade. It's one of my assignments. I travel about half the year. I've seen many of you in travel. And, and I want to say I'm encouraged about the church. 
I'm encouraged about healthier leadership. I'm encouraged by uh, kingdom values of, of purity and power uh, being emphasized within the church. I, I'm encouraged by healthy, empowering leadership. Uh, and I see it. And even the cultures that are here where I'm on staff at Bethel Church and the cultures of valuing his presence, the culture of honor, the culture of faith and risk, joy, prophetic, calling out the golden people, God is good. Those cultures I see are just beginning to permeate uh, the charismatic community and also uh, permeate the non-charismatic community. It's been a powerful decade of advancement uh, in, in, in those cultures. And I'm so glad to be a part of a movement that's part, that's a big part of that. And also, you know, just, I was just in Germany and watching what God's doing even in that nation and, you know, just the young leaders that are there, powerful young leaders, so, so encouraging. And, and so, you know, just as I muse and as I think about this decade, I think about, wow, there was great things that happened within the church. You know, as I think about, you know, some of the other things about the decades, obviously social media has just exploded in this past decade. And, you know, the benefits of that are definitely to stay connected with people, uh, to give us a platform to influence people positively. And, and yet it's also been very negative because it stirred up negative comparisons and and increase the feeling of people feeling less than because they see on social media all the good things, the good parts of people's lives. And obviously it's also, I believe, helped contribute to the polarization of the of people and, and venting and being able to hide behind social media to bash people and all that. And, and that's been obviously challenging. And, you know, it's also, even though Donald Trump is, has been uh, only the last three years, four years of this decade, he has definitely dominated. And, you know, Donald Trump is, is, def, is a polarizing figure, to say the least. I think, you know, we as Christians in America, we, you know, I'm just speaking where I'm at. I, I wish he would tweet less. I wish that he... Uh, didn't um, label people in, in a negative ways and how he does. And yet there's also many good things that, that he has done that uh, you can't, can't ignore. And just because we do not like certain at attributes of them, we got to look at the big picture and the policies of, uh, of being more favorable to religious freedom, small business, uh, being able to do a small business, which I have, abortion being much uh, more favorable concerning the, the rights of the unborn, etc. You know, then you look at those kind of things and you, you have to say, yeah, even though I don't like some of the things he's doing, uh, when you look at what is on the opposite of what the other side is saying, um, then it's even though we may not like everything, there's still a lot of good things happening that uh, I believe as a Christian, I'm excited about and the potential of the, the future. And, you know, that's, um, that's really leads me into, you know, 
what I've seen in the last mm, five years and especially in the last few is the church is, has become more expressive in politics. And, you know, I grew up after I got saved in the 80s, there was the moral majority. And, and I believe that was a, a largely a negative thing uh, for the church. And some of you lived through that and Jerry Falwell and others and the church began to flex its political muscle, and I believe we, we, we do need to stand up for what's right, but how we do it, and, and not labeling people on the other side as the enemy, and um, not becoming you know politically partisan, and where that's the thing that's shown the most. I, it, it was a problem then, and, and I see right now the church... We're in, we're in an interesting spot because the church now is rising back up. And, you know, one of the things I see even here at Bethel Church is Chris Vallotton is really taking a stand and he's standing up and he's, he's helping us take a stand on certain moral issues that have nothing to do with uh, one party or the other, but have to do with, with biblical morality and the future of our children and, and just in some key areas. And so I'm noticing that, and that's an area of prayer. I say, Father, help us do it right. Help us um, to primarily promote the gospel and, and love people. But I know this is also a time where it's a crucial time of what we actually leave our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We want to leave them something healthy. Now, there's there's a lot that I'm excited about in the future, and I'll share that in closing. And, you know, just uh, some of the things I'm thinking about, you know, just some concerns. I'm concerned about the persecuted church in China, uh, in the Middle East, in India, other places. And, and, and I just, we say, Father, thank you. Thank you for um, helping them. Thank you for protecting them. Thank you for breakthrough in government. Thank you for religious freedom around our, our world. You know, just, um, I, I'm, I think about Psalm 2.8. It says, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as an inheritance. And, and, and that's something I just, you know, just see the Lord just deepening my, my prayer and my concern and my intercession for the nations of the world. And Father, we ask you for Turkey. We ask you for Venezuela. We, we ask you uh, for Iceland. We ask you, Father, for New Zealand. We, we ask you for Mexico, Canada. We, we ask you for China, Japan. Father, we ask for the nations. And, and I believe that Psalm 2.8 is really going to be uh, a, a powerful psalm in our lives. And and I'm just, uh, you know, just concerned about boys and men and in and, and this, this season and God wanting, you know, through pornography and uh, gender confusion is really seeking not just the, the boys and men, but girls, but specifically, I just, uh, I'm, that's an area that I'm concerned about, that boys would just be raised up with healthy uh, heart, healthy mindsets, protected. And thank you just for agreeing uh, with me on that. And just, I, I'm, I'm concerned about just the maintaining strong, uh, good theology 
in the church, that we wouldn't uh, allow secularism and, and, and the, the trends of the world to take away from the power of the gospel and the power of being born again and the power of heaven and hell and the realities of those things. And that my concern is that we would maintain strong biblical orthodoxy. But here in closing, let me just uh, give you some things I'm excited about. I, I'm believing there's a, there's a new Jesus movement happening. I got saved at the tail end of the Jesus movement in the 70s. And you know, it was a, we got saved, there was a generation that that rejected the parents' materialism and perceived shallowness, and that actually created the hippie movement and a lot of rebellion and so-called free love and, and drugs and all that. But what came out of that was that it opened people up to, okay, what is life all about? And the Jesus movement emerged out of that with such a powerful move. And I just see the same type of climate happening right now where, you know, just as like in the 60s, uh, there was a Time magazine cover that said God is dead in the mid-60s. And then just about seven, eight years later, it talks about Jesus, the whole Jesus movement and how it changed. And, and I'm believing that for for this generation right here, this generation rejecting the what has been handed to them by their parents and their grandparents. Um, and you know, again, it's the materialism. Again, it's the shallowness. Again, it, and, and, and all of that. And I see a whole new Jesus movement happening. And I'm excited about that. And just a time of purity and power in the church. We're living in a great time. Things are getting better. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening. If you come to the end of this, you've listened. And again, it was a little bit of a ramble fest, but um, I think you just got maybe some of my heart. And I just want to say thank you so much for some of you have been listening to my podcast faithfully for a long time. Thank you for doing that. Others of you, this may be your first one. And, you know, we're here uh, committed to ignite your faith. It's igniting, igniting faith. It's igniting hope ministries. We're going to ignite your hope, faith too. Um, you know, because there's no hopeless circumstance. There's only people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And we believe this, that our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. The more hope we have is the more truth we're believing. The less hope we're having is the more lies we're believing. And there's no condemnation if we're believing lies, but if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. I believe he who has the most hope is the most influence. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is. That our hope level truly determines our influence level. And also, I want to remind you, as we enter into this new decade, the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. I used to say, Lord, I'll be joyful at the end of when all my problems are over. <laughs> he said, you don't need joy at the end of the battle. You need joy in the middle of the battle. I need strength now. So I need joy now. And there's no convenient season to walk in radical joy. Today, pretty much everybody listening. Today is just not a good day. <laughs> Woo! You know, let's laugh at that. <laughs> you know, it's, um, no, today's the day to stir it up. Paul said in 
Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said that while he was in jail. Hey, thanks again. We look forward to having you with us on another podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. This is Steve Backlund. God bless. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.